Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And we're back, and it's September the 23rd. I just got off a Zoom with dozens of agents, and uh, yeah, it was a very interesting experience. Some of them were sharing with me about what's going on in their markets, and I'll tell you the overarching feeling was that they have had mostly really great years, great learning years, and then some of them had great earning years. It is fascinating. You know, we want you to learn while you earn. I mean, that's one of the little you know mantras we have. But the reality of it is, is a lot of times you're going to earn um, a lot following maybe a year or six months or even 90 days of some fairly intensive learning. And it's so cool to see people kind of passing through the cycles, maybe people that had just recently started working their centers of influence and past clients recently, like maybe last quarter. And now they're trying to get starting to get listings from it and things like that. It's very exciting to see um, agents actually use the information that we give them to make money and improve their lives. It's what it's, it's basically the fuel for our fire. It's what we do, but but it's it's great to see. And it's great to see their transformation and their breakthroughs. And then they do it again. You know, that you'll have one breakthrough and then you'll work on something new. Maybe 90 days later, you have another one and it just builds and builds and builds. So it's pretty awesome. You, You can't fake, like, you know, fake it till you make it and all that. Right. So let's just set that aside. You can't really fake confidence, not for long. I mean, you might be able to fake confidence a little bit, but the reality of, of everything in life is you have to learn how to do it at a high level. And then the confidence isn't even something, it's not even a persona. It's just the vibe that you put off, right? It's completely yes. different. It's It becomes you or you become it. Yeah. It, which is different than kind of acting like you're confident. Right. And that's okay. Everybody starts out that way for a while, but then you get more and more experience in every transaction you do. You add to your experience. Every house you see, you add to your experience. Every new personality that you click with because you're thinking about what you're saying and how yep. you're saying it, which leads us over to part four of our secret speaking powers. Do people want to listen to you? So this is a quick list. I think we're going to do probably two or three of these today, and then we'll round it out tomorrow. This, this is a not a quick story. list, uh, Julie Harris. This is a quite a long list, and some of these points are hilarious. I know. All right. <laughs> I so, thought you would appreciate yeah, it. So we'll do a few today and a few tomorrow, uh, just so they really understand it. And I put number one first because I think it's the most prevalent. What are you talking about, Julie? The upswing. What? Ending declarative sentences with a question mark. Why is it the most pro- biggest problem, Julie? Well, actually, I studied the... I can't even I do can't it. I can't keep it going. I'm sorry. I can't do it. It makes my skin crawl. Um, I actually researched the uh, linguistic history of this, and it did start with Valley Girls. That is a true fact. And then it migrated through California. It migrated to through the rest of the country, and they have even detected it in uh, the U.K., well, so I'll tell you something else. And Julie and I were listening to a podcast, and there was a guy that was a um, – oh, man, my brain is – I'm only half caffeinated, so you'll have to help mm-hmm. me out here. I remember whose podcast it was. I'll, I'll okay. tee you up and you help me remember. Sure. It, it, it was Joe Rogan's podcast, uh-huh. and they are talking about upswings. And the guy he was interviewing was some sort – he was like a doctor, studied brain mm-hmm. waves and all the mm-hmm. rest of it. But he was an actual doctor, not just plays a doctor on not TV. A doctor. And he said one of, the re, one of the common elements of the people that have upswing is they have had at some point – point usually when they were kids brain damage isn't that interesting yeah so it's actually true but i think that 
Um, I, I mean, he's a real doctor, doctor, so I believe what he's saying. Uh, but I also think that people adopt it. It's contagious. Yep. Once you hear it, I'm already doing it right now, and I've got to stop. Well, but also, <laughs> why do people do it? Ultimately, why is it done? You just said they adopt it. It's contagious. Maybe mm-hmm. it's you know regional or whatever, and all these things are true. Mm-hmm. But there's another thing. It also makes people seem less direct. It makes yeah, people. Yeah, so you can't even do it. it well, I tr- I'm trying. It <laughs> makes people. It makes people seem less direct. It makes people seem more affable. Less confrontational. Less confrontational is what I'm looking for. At least right? in their own head, probably. Well, but it does. I mean, it if does. you're always upswinging at the end of everything, and then you just sound like you know you're you, because well, what does it do you're though? Not intimidating. Though. But it takes your authority away, right? And, okay. Which is leading to the next point. Well, so ending declarative sentences is not only grammatically incorrect, you're not supposed to end a declarative sentence with a question mark, it creates discomfort from your listener. If all of your sent- sentences sound like questions, the listener is subconsciously compelled to say, uh-huh, or mm-hmm, or right, because you sound like you're asking a question. It's actually confusing speech pattern. Time Magazine noted that a study found these speech patterns uh, make Quote, speakers sound less competent, less trustworthy, less educated, and less hireable. So that's one to avoid, right? That's a good quote, Julie. Thank you. Yep. Uh, number two, the repetitive tick. This one is one that I am particularly sensitive to, and I try not to do it. Sometimes I fall into the ums. The repetitive tick is um, like, or you know, but using those words too much. These are bridge words that usually indicate somebody is thinking, and people that study this, there's psychologists, psychiatrists, and there's also uh, speech therapists and speech coaches that all are kind of in this space. They say that a little bit of that is okay because it's natural to get a pause to think about something, but overuse of them makes it you hard to listen to and less competent sounding. They're also known as filler words, which degrade the meaning of your sentences. Well, again, but this is essentially part and part. Usually the people that do the second, the ums and the likes and the you knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing they say is right, or they'll say, you know, those types of things. Or they're they'll all, combine one and two, right? They, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. They definitely are similar. And again, this is a regional thing. Like we are out in California. We are in mm-hmm. San Francisco. When Julie and I were part in parts of uh, Seattle and Washington, you heard a lot of that. And it really... Yes. Because we were able to just go it when we were doing our 60-day drive around the country, we would, you know, two days before we were in the middle of, you know, hillbilly uh, country where and we have our, it. It, it, yeah. you didn't hear it, you know, which is, you know, and then, but they had their other little things that they would say. And then you are in cowboy country and they have the things that they would say. Or then, but it was interesting. It was fascinating to hear all the little iterations on the dialects wherever you went all over the country. It was Absolutely. very powerful. It is. But, but again, to Julie's point, None of these things, even in those markets where it's normal to talk like, uh, you know, say, you know, and hum and upswing, even in those marketplaces, especially in those marketplaces, you actually become less effective as a communicator and a salesperson when you do those things. And if you really want to have an unfair advantage in those marketplaces and everyone else has those little, you know, speech foibles, don't have them. And you're going to not necessarily... Uh, sound like everybody else, but you're going to be have more authority than everyone else. You're going to have right. a, a qual a genese qua, right? Something that's unidentifiable that people can't quite put their fingers on because no, they when they listen to you, they listen to you uh, for uh, the, you sound like an authority, like you know what you're talking about. That's true. And think about it in a competitive listing situation, if you speak more clearly, and I mean for one thing, it's going to make your appointment shorter and more direct, but more authori- authoritative. Versus somebody that has at least one of these ticks, and a lot of people have a combination of these ticks. Yep. 
And it's something that you can train out of yourself. I've looked into, you know, suggestions that speech coaches and that sort of thing have, and they always say, record what you're doing, talk to friends, you know, detect it, and then you can work on it. You can eliminate those. So number three is related to number two. They're called qualifiers. They're a different version of filler words. Words such as really, literally, basically, or right, or kind of, those are fine when used now and then, but they lose their meaning when you overuse them. I use literally too often for sure. Yes, I, I do. I, I fall into these too, you know, reallys and uh, okay is another one. But you know, the other recurring theme amongst all these first three points is mm -hmm. that when you're not think, when you're not present with what you're saying, yes. when you're allowing your mind to wander, that's when all this, it's basically mm, lazy. That's a good point. It's lazy talking. Well, it is, and I have to admit that I'm more likely to use to fall into some of these issues if I'm winging it. Right. Like if you were to ask me to present on some topic that I really didn't, maybe I had a little bit of understanding of, but I wasn't really prepared. I'm going to fall into some more ums and you knows and because I'm thinking through and I wasn't prepared. But this reinforces really the importance of essentially following a system, right? When you're, yes. when you're especially being a professional and you're selling, right? And you're trying to solve a problem, thus, you know, the real estate transaction, that is solving someone's problem. That's why you're paid finding a house, selling a house. That is a problem that you are being paid to solve. And if you are not following a script, if you're not following an outline, if you're not using an actual proven system, you're going to be, you know, frankly, more prone to making some of these uh, speech, uh, creating these, You'll these doubts. You'll like you're winging it. Exactly. And, and you can tell. So if you are following, if you are, you know, confidence, uh, knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear, right? So if you're walking into a listing presentation, you know what to say, you know how to say it, you even maybe have a script in front of you and you're using a proven system you're not going to fall prey to any of these things. And that, see, you guys see how these little nuances make all the difference when you're uh, winning the listing, especially, or any kind of aspect of life, uh, by the way. This isn't just pertaining to sales. That's right. Now, the next one is not actually a verbal tick. It's a physical tick. And I think that everyone has noticed this. This is like tapping your foot when you're nervous, playing with your hair, adjusting your glasses. It's hard to watch. When, when you're hard to watch, that translates into hard to listen to. So I'm going to share with something that you don't know about, I don't think. You probably do. You're pretty smart. Read technique. Have you ever heard of it before? I don't think so. Uh -huh. Read? R-E-I-D. Read technique. Okay, so, no, so this, this is a, it's a actual system that like 90% of all law enforcement uses in the United States hmm. that is about uh, essentially interrogating uh, potential suspects. Oh, this will be good. Right, and it goes, well, if you're going to ask me for that, now I'm going to start <laughs> doing the uh, ums and the you knows because <laughs> I, I don't, down, I'm not an expert, down. I'm not an expert, right? Yeah. But the gist of it was, is that when you, um, there, I watched videos about this and in the videos, they're interrogation videos and they were showing the read technique, this is on YouTube, and they were showing the read technique being used and you could, you know, the people didn't know they were being videotaped as the police officer is using the read technique uh, to uh, interrogate. And you could see like the, um, and there was a, somebody who was an expert at the read technique, which was critiquing uh, how well that police officer did interrogating that real potential suspect, right? And there was this guy that was this rapist and he had just gotten out of jail. And I won't, you know, I'm, sure. let's just not make it any worse than that. But there was these two girls that, you know, essentially were assaulted. And the guy is sitting in this um, in little interrogation room with a cop. And this is a seasoned criminal who's very experienced at being interrogated. Yes. But they were, you could see, and this goes to Julie's point about the tapping of the foot and the nervous and the playing with all your hair, his body language. And like when he spoke, he would look up and he did all these little things subconsciously that he didn't know he was doing. And that was the tip off that the experienced police officer doing the interrogating, let alone the person that was essentially value or evaluating that cop's ability to interrogate 
using the read technique. Following me here, listeners, they were saying that he was the cop was obviously noticing these this guy throwing off all these subconscious uh, signals. signals that he was lying. And so the, the you guys can watch these videos again. Read technique, but the, here's the, my point: tapping your foot is a sign that you're lying. Playing with your hair is a sign that you're lying. Doing anything that involves like blinking too much. Now I blink too much when I have too much coffee. So, <laughs> you know, playing with your glasses, readjusting. But the one I really saw was tight, um, holding your body like uh, self-soothing. Uh, body gestures. Mm -hmm. You've got your arm across There's a lot you. to this. This is like a whole section of, of science right. and uh, psychology. But, but this, is like all, this all happens yeah. in the subconscious it's mind, subconscious. right? It's so it, it's happening subconsciously to you. You're doing it without thinking about it. But it's also being reflected That's in my perception subconsciously. Right. Like I, even if I don't know the read technique, I'm going to feel like something isn't right because your foot's tapping. Subconsciously. Subconsciously. You're right. making me nervous because you're tapping your foot. But if you're – you, exactly. So the, the seasoned read technique trained police officer, 90% of all law enforcement uses this technique. They're picking up – they're looking for those things. But the fact is is that your subconscious mind is also picking those things up that this person is lying to you. So you might have uh, – everyone, if you're not being uh, introspective and um, you're not observing yourself, right – you will definitely fall prey to, like I know somebody who is a huge slumper and this person will sit down and I don't know if he's got some back problem. I don't know if he's got some issue or whatever, but whenever he sits down, he always just like leans forward. Well, leaning forward and not even when he's being spoke to, he just leans forward. Mm -hmm. That's is something that if you were, your subconscious mind is picking up, this is a little odd. What's going on with this guy? You know, you guys get the point. And so all these extra little things that you might have, that you might do are sending a signal to your potential client or friend or whoever mm -hmm. that you're not to be trusted, that you might be lying. And, and or at and least they might not even say it that way. They right. might they not won't. say, you know what, I picked up something that makes me feel like I don't trust you. Right. They'll just have a feeling and this is when people say, Well, we just didn't hit it off. Yep, exactly. So I'm gonna develop this a little bit more for our premier coaching clients because I think that this is these are things that affect not just your presentations in real estate, but your but life. life, you know. Yep. So, and I think it's really interesting. I'm going to talk to our FBI friends about yes, we do have. Reading. You know what you said, but Julie, here yeah. I'll give you a suggestion because uh -huh. we are not going down the NLP path ever, ever, ever. No, heck no. NLP is anyway means no longer prospecting. That's but look, right. it, it, the fact is, is that the read technique would be very fascinating. Yeah, I'm going to look into that. I think more. it's 18 or 20 points, by the way. But cool. you could take it and just basically translate it to Realtor. Definitely. That'd be pretty awesome. See, I think it's pretty interesting. New content from Premiere coming your way. Well, here's the thing. It's this kind of thing that gives you secret powers. Sure. And that makes you more competitive and gives you more confidence. Well, exactly. And this, see, ultimately, guys, you're, you're your own storefront, right? And, and I want you to think about this. And I'm about to say literally, but okay. But I want you to think about this in the literal sense, right? In the literal sense, you are your storefront. How you look, how you present, these little nuanced approaches whether you hold your head up right, whether you, how you look, you know, all these little things are all um, adding up to be essentially whether someone's going to choose to engage with you in many ways. So, for example, if you had a retail store and you had a, a you're going to spend years and millions of dollars trying to figure out exactly how to create a customer experience that's going to essentially induce more sales and induce a better customer experience, right? But what do most agents do? They don't even think like that. They just think somehow magically they're going to buy enough leads, they're going to be able to stay in business. You are your walking, talking storefront. 
you know, we call it moments of truth, you know, from Howard Brenton, but that is the truth. And these things that we're uh, hopefully helping you guys understand today are the most fundamental, the most important things that you could be mastering or start by just being conscientious, like observing yourself. Uh, think about what you're about to say before you say it, but also how do I look? How am I standing? How are my shoulders? You know, all those little things. And what we're talking about today, obviously, is how you speak. Point number four or Point five. Point number five. And this one I have heard, this one is not as prevalent. I think this might be a regional one as well. But I did notice uh, Dr. Laura was doing this for a while on her uh, show, dropping volume at the end of sentences. I can't, I, I have to make myself do it. This is the opposite <laughs> of the upswing. And speech coaches have a name for it. It's called verbal fry. It's, actually, it's like a symptom of bad speaking technique. You actually can't hear the last part of the word. It's distracting to the listener because they're having to guess at what you're saying. Now, I will I'll just uh, denote that, that some of the um, a nice, it's passive aggressive way, basically, to control conversations is to speak at a lower volume because it makes everyone have to listen to what you're saying more closely. But generally, that's done more consistently, not not as abruptly as the end of the sentence. Yeah, at the end. Of, well, oh. I mean, again, so how are you going to actually be a, be uh, you know, conscientious enough to be self-critical to catch yourself on some of these foibles? Well, you can always just record your your voice and listen back to it, right? Which everybody hates. Oh, I everybody hate it. does. Yes. Okay, so true true story. Real sure. question: uh -huh. How many of our podcasts have you actually listened to? You and I, not just me doing an interview. I yeah, that's right, because I usually do listen to the interviews. I know you do. Uh, that's just me. Not that many. Yeah, not that many would be a total of zero. No, it's not that bad, but but it's not something that I generally enjoy doing. Yeah, me either. So you yeah. wouldn't, you don't want to listen to yeah. our podcast no. because because I'll be really critical of like saying um or whatever. Exactly. Whatever hear, my foible of the day is. But you'll hear things that yeah. nobody else is paying attention to. Definitely. Because yeah. we, well, partially because we've done thousands of them. So right. we're going to be tuned in differently than somebody that's just listening for content, which is all of your jobs. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, I think everybody, I, I've had people tell me they don't even like to listen to their own voicemail message. <laughs> well, the so key there is just don't have voicemail, you know, make exactly. people text you. Yes. But but look, anyway, guys, stay focused because these things are really important. By the way, a lot of you, thousands of you, thank you very much, are joining our coaching program. And if you're interested in becoming one of our coaching clients, we have, I believe, 14 open spots right now for a free coaching call. And all you have to do is text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, text the word Harris, to 47372 and when you do we'll text you back a link and you can choose your day and time of your free coaching call on your free coaching call your coach will help you not just um, fill, complete your real estate treasure map which you get for free just by requesting it but they'll also give you information on our uh, new coaching program I say new because we're about to upgrade our premier coaching program or probably the best-selling coaching program ever called premier coaching we're in the process of upgrading it and don't worry existing members you're going to get the upgraded version for free you're just going to be added to the new version of it so that's coming hopefully uh, in um, what is this October I think is when we're going to release that Somewhere in there. yep so again if you're ready to uh, consider hiring a coach which all of you should especially in this quarter uh, text the word Harris to 47372 one more point Julie okay one more and then I have got to scoop so Let's see, point number six, speaking too quickly or too slowly. A good gauge of pace is to listen to well-done podcasts. You can tell when somebody is very listenable. They have good tonality, speed, and phrasing. And there's other things too that we'll talk about. I'll expand this uh, for some more points tomorrow as well, where some, you know, there's being too sing-song, there, there's different versions of this. But speaking too quickly, that happens to you when you have too much caffeine. Well, but also... Uh, it happens to me if I'm nervous about something. 
I like to speak uh, rhythmically, right? When I speak, I like to speak in little, um, and I just do that's the, called your cadence, by the right, way. Right, that's my cadence, right? right. But I, I, I like to, and when I, and it because it's fun, truthfully. Yes, I do. It's fun, and so sometimes when I start talking, um, the the because I'm pulling out of unconscious competence, really. Yes. At the stuff, like I'll say things because I've been doing this for so long, and I'm like, damn, I got to write that down. That was pretty good. Well, sure, because that's uh, conscious competence meeting. You know, most of the time you're doing unconscious competence because you've done it repetitively. You know your material, and it's not a problem. But occasionally you'll have that aha moment. Ah, no, I'm back. But, but here's the I thing: I gotta polish that up. I right, but I don't have that unless I'm talking fast. I know. But, well, we all have our habits, right? So we'll talk more about some of those. But speaking too quickly or too slowly, I know for a fact that when we speak in the South, we tend to slow it down a little bit. Well, how about when we're in North Carolina? And definitely in that region, for Yeah, sure. I mean, Julie and I, we're from Columbus, Ohio, which is basically the northern part of the Appalachian Trail, you know? Mm-hmm. And we, and those those folks are definitely going to talk slower. They're definitely going to have more of a relaxed a approach to life. I pretty much love it, but, I mean, that's, you know, all but, of our— But that's a regional thing that you have yep. to be sensitive to. And I remember the first time we learned that was one of our early speaking gigs in Jackson, Mississippi. Yep. Also our worst plane flight ever. It was. <laughs> but, uh, through a tornado or something. But uh, Jackson, Mississippi is where I think that one of our early clients were, were telling us, you guys got to slow it down a little bit. Down we there. don't speak that fast right. down here. So, actually, they actually said something was really funny. It was like, uh, you know, uh, it was a, something. exactly something yeah. like that. I know. And, you know, I did. I also noticed it when we were speaking in Hawaii that the, yep. the, the pace was a little bit different. So this is definitely an art and science of speaking, and it's definitely something to work on. But so I'll it all com- some more. it all comes back down to let's do get the last point, and you've got time. It all comes back down to the fact that you have to be thinking about what you're going to say before you say it, and if you're just learning what to say and how to say it uh, because you're new to say real estate or because you're trying to take your game in real estate up to the next level. The worst thing you can do is wing it. To Julie's earlier point, you've got to be using scripts. Or if the word script has some sort of egotistical flare-up in your mind. Uh, a conversational that, outline. Right. Let's soften it up and say conversational outline. Right. Or when you're doing your proactive lead generation that isn't actually prospect. See what we've done there, guys? We've nerfed it up for you. So you can, don't yes. have to actually say, I'm going to be using a script and prospecting. Indeed. And last but not least, <laughs> uh, number seven, not bringing your listener in for an interactive experience. Talking at somebody versus talking with somebody. So usually the speech coaches will suggest that you throw in some question and answer. The listing presentation that we coach our premier coaching uh, students absolutely has an interactive uh, portion to it. There's lots of questions and getting to know your client. That's different than what a lot of people teach, which is like, this is your cookie cutter thing. Everything's always going to be the same. You just say this. No, bring your listener in so that they feel like they're participating and they're going to listen a lot more carefully to you. Our first question in the listening presentation, it's part of the, what's called the Sharpie close, is um, so that I focus on what's most important to you, Mr. Seller. And this is after you've done some other things. You're sitting across from the kitchen table or modern world across the Zoom screen. As you say, so that I use our time together most wisely, what are the two or three things or one or two things that um, you're looking for in the agent you hire for the job of being your, you know, your listing agent. And, and, once, and they'll say, well, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for the other thing. And they always say one of you know, three things or two of three things. You know, they'll talk about commission, what you're going to do to sell the house. They might just little things. They always say the same thing, of which you've already answered all those questions in your pre-listing pack had you sent it prior to the listing appointment. Um, and then you say, you write those things down. This is called our Sharpie Close on a yellow tablet of paper with the red Sharpie pen. Julie, have fun. She's taking Zoe to the dentist. 
That'll be, God help us all indeed. I'll see you when you get home. Love you. So, um, and then what you do is you write those things down and then on the, on the, uh, you know, so the seller is going to say, I want to know what your marketing plan is. I want to know what, you know, they're going to say, I want to know what your commission is. You never write down commission. You always write down net to me and you say, Mr. I'll get to that in a second. And let's just say those are the two things that they say. And then you write those two things down in front of them and you say, Mr. Seller, so once I've answered these questions to your satisfaction, in other words, beyond you're, you're satisfied beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm the agent for you for the job of selling your home. And I've, and I've answered these two questions and 100% you're convinced my marketing plan is going to be the one to get your home sold for the most money. And also that the amount of money you're going to make from the sale of the closing is going to be uh, beyond or at least meeting what your expectations are. Once those two things are resolved, and there's nothing else standing in the way of us moving together. Or it will. I'm sorry. If there's no. If there's no other issues, after I cover those two issues, after I overcome Julie's walk back in the podcast room, he's, she's kind of sorry, messing sorry. with my mind here. After I've overcome those two issues or those two questions, and assuming nothing new pops up, um, I I assume that we'll be moving forward this evening, and you'll be hiring me for the job of selling your home. Now that's not the exact script, but that's the essence of what it is. In other words, what I'm doing is I'm ask I'm saying what are the one or two things that are standing in the way of us being able to do business starting tonight, and then they're going to say what those two one or two things are. You're going to answer. You're going to write those things down. That's acknowledging that you heard what they said. Uh, you're going to write them down on a piece of paper, and then you're going to clarify that these are the two things that they're looking for that are most important for them, for the agent that they hire to sell their home. And once they've said that, um, then you're going to then essentially tie it down and say, so once I've answered these questions to your satisfaction, you're going to hire me for the job of selling your home. And once they even give you a media, like a yes, probably, uh, you know, that kind of response, you're good to go. And so then you just have to overcome those two objections. And then you go to our listing presentation, you pull out the page that's about marketing and explain them what your, you know, your 20 point marketing plan is, which we've already created for you. So there's the marketing plan. It's going to walk them through and you just go point by point. And then, then you say, okay, this is my marketing plan. Mr. Seller, do you have any questions about it? Uh, nope. Okay, great. So, uh, this is clearly the marketing plan that's going to get your property sold as it has all these other houses, uh, you know, in our community, or, you know, if you've got experience, then obviously it could be hundreds and thousands of houses. If you're new, you then simply say, this is the marketing plan that's been proven to work across the country, right? Cause you're leaning into the fact that you're a Harris coaching client. Um, do you have any other questions? Nope. I'm up about the marketing plan, right? No. Okay, great. So it seems to me that we've covered that objection. And then what you do is you take your red Sharpie pen and you scratch off the word marketing from that yellow tablet of paper that was right in front of you. You're doing that because you're showing them that you successfully overcame their objection, their question about the marketing plan, right? It's no longer an issue. It's scratched off. They said you could scratch it off. Now, sometimes on listing appointments, you can actually have them scratch it off. It's a psychological thing that's moving them forward and making the decision. And then the next thing you're going to talk to them, they said your commission. They won't always say that, but sometimes they're that direct and that's great. And this is what you say. So Mr. Seller, just so that I'm clear, when you said commission, what really matters to you is how much you make from the sale. Am I correct? And they'll say, you know, they'll be suspicious sometimes in the, of where, you know, they'll say, well, it obviously depends on what your commission is. And you'll say, well, I, my commission, yes, it does. It's definitely a cost of the transaction. But let me ask you again, just so I'm clear, what matters more to you is not what I make, but it matters what you make, right? And then they're going to say yes. And then you say, so what difference does it make at the end of the day? I mean, if you're the check I hand you at closing or if it's in a, you know, non, if you're not at the closing, you get the point. If the check you receive at closing meets or exceeds your financial expectations. And some, and frankly, I think maybe in this market, Mr. Seller, we can completely blow away your financial expectations. You're going to be thrilled. So as long as the money, amount of money you receive at closing um, is more than satisfactory to you, 
what difference does it make what my commission is, right? I mean, my commission could be a cent or it could be a million dollars. It matters most what you make. It matters most that what you make meets or exceeds your financial expectations. And they're going to say yes to that. And then basically commission is no longer an issue. And then you go over the seller net sheet that you did include in the pre-listing pack. That's part of our coaching program. So guys, the point is, is that everything about communication comes down to, uh, first of all, being self-conscious of some of the points that Julie wrote out for us today, but also then drilling down and following an organized presentation and following a very systematic presentation that you're going to do every single time. Because what you're going to discover the longer you've been in this business, and some of you have been in this business for a long time. Some of you have been in this business maybe longer than Julie and I. But what you've never done most likely is had a formalized listing presentation that will win the listing for you like basically 100% of the time. You've never actually taken the time to create a business system around a formalization of that most important aspect of your business. You, you have a listing presentation, it's a hodgepodge, it's a throw together, and it's worked with your friends and family because they were going to hire you anyway. But if you had to be competitive, if you had to go into a situation where you don't have any personal or familial ties with those people, then you're not gonna get the listing because you're gonna most likely lose to somebody who is more competitive. And that, uh, essentially, you knowing that being true, or maybe you've been in that, you've had that experience where you didn't get a listing from someone you didn't have a real close tie to, that very experience has probably kept you from uh, ever growing your real estate business because you only feel comfortable working with people you already know because you're not yet ready to be competitive. These are a whole bunch of thoughts strung together, but hopefully I know they're resonating with some of you. This is the reason you hire a coach. This is the reason you go to the next level. When you're done playing around, when you don't have, frankly, money to waste, when you don't have time to waste, when you want to get to the mountain as fast as possible with the least probability of any unnecessary pain and suffering, because unfortunately, there is some pain and suffering required to be successful at anything. That is just the way it is. But the least amount of unnecessary pain and suffering, you're going to want to follow a proven path. That is what coaching is all about, and that's what we do. I hope you guys take the opportunity to speak with one of our new member coaches seriously. Just text the word Harris to 47372. Text the word Harris to 47372. So a couple other quick announcements as we round the bend on today's show. Um, we got the latest uh, numbers on the podcast. It continues to be the number one listened to and downloaded podcast for real estate professionals. It's the only, like, as far as daily podcasts, we by far, this one is by far the number one podcast in the United States. And I'm starting to get better information on international downloads. And it is unbelievably cool to see that we have lots of listeners in Italy. We have lots of listeners in, you know, some countries I have to look up where they are on a map. And like when I started seeing those numbers about 18 months, 24 months ago, that we were getting some of these listeners around the country, around the world. I realized that a lot of the listeners were um, in active military bases. So uh, all of you guys who are forward deployed, guys and gals who are forward deployed, uh, protecting our country, and you listen to Julie and I's podcast, and when you get back, you're going to get into, uh, you know, you're going to get into um, real estate, or you're going to get back into real estate. I have good news for you. We are re we are essentially um, redoing, recreating all of our products, starting with Premier Coaching, which is our probably the nation's best selling coaching program. And anyone who is a active duty or probably even retired a service professional is going to be getting a discount. So we're going to be having that on the website, more information on that coming soon. So all of you who are listening to us, protecting our country, I, um, you know, we love and respect you for that. 
And it is a big sacrifice, and we honor that sacrifice, and we're going to do our best to uh, show you that we do by giving you a discount when you return stateside. Or, matter of fact, you might want to just join Premier Coaching now while you're forward deployed and uh, learn while you're forward deployed. That way, when you hit the ground running, you hit the ground running when you come back. And I, again, I really appreciate all of you who are sharing this podcast with everybody. I know that's a big way we uh, pick up listeners, um, sharing episodes and whatnot. So, I guess what I'm saying is thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I would really sincerely appreciate it for those of you who are on iTunes, if you guys could give us a five-star review. Because what iTunes does, and if you guys have podcasts, you know how this works. The more five-star reviews you have, the more iTunes then suggests your podcast to people who probably are going to want to listen to it as well, other real estate professionals around the world. So help us to be in alignment with what our highest and truest purpose is, which is being of service to you guys. And this podcast is just one of the vehicles in which we do that. Please if you know some of you are coaching clients, some of you are going to be coaching clients, some of you are book purchasers, some of you just listen to us every day, Where, whatever bucket you're in, please do give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does sincerely matter. All right. So I begged enough, right? That's enough begging for today. In the meantime, if you guys want to talk with me about anything or have any show suggestions, please feel free to text me at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. If you're looking for a sponsor at eXp Realty, of course, Julie and I would love to uh, earn the right to be your eXp uh, Realty sponsor. And you can just text me directly at 512-758-0206. If you're joining eXp and you want to just name Julie as a sponsor, just name Julie Harris as your sponsor. You'll find her there uh, on the pull down under Georgetown, Texas. And then you're good to go because that's where Julie's license is, is in Texas. In the meantime, again, if you guys want to get hold of me for anything, it's 512-758-0206. Have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.